Welcome to Save Six Figures with Gina Knox, the podcast where I coach you on how to save $100,000 by optimizing your cash flow. Hello, hello, savers, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have such a juicy conversation for you. This is a conversation with one of my clients, Maddie Pashong, who is a brand photographer and a photographer coach. And I'm going to let the interview speak for itself because it is so, so incredible. But I want to call out a couple things in this episode. Number one, Maddie talked about how she has been listening to this podcast for over a year before joining Six Figure Saver and how she got results just by listening to the podcast. She started saving just by implementing what we talk about on the podcast. And she implemented our cash flow waterfall system by listening to the podcast. So I want to put that out there because I feel like it's just such a testament to the fact that you can get saving results right now, even if you're not in Six Figure Saver yet. She ultimately decided to join Six Figure Saver and she talks about the incredible results that have happened so quickly afterwards, which I'm so excited for us to dive into. It's so, 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 so good. Before we dive in, I want to remind you that this Friday, March 1st, 2024, I am hosting the Save 10K in 30 Days Masterclass, where I'm going to be teaching three saving strategies that I teach in detail inside Six Figure Saver that Maddie herself has used to hit amazing results, and I'm going to be teaching them for free, but you have to register before March 1st. So I want you to go to www.ginanox.co slash masterclass. The link will also be in the show notes so that you can capitalize on this amazing opportunity. If you cannot attend live, it's going to be at 1 p.m. CST on Friday, Register anyways, because we're going to be sending out the replay to those of you who have registered. One final note before I give it over to Maddie. We are opening the doors to Six Figure Saver live on the call. You are going to want to be there in person when we open the doors, because for everybody who has registered for the masterclass, you guys are exclusively getting access to our 48-hour launch bonus. This bonus is going to be a one-on-one find money with me call where we are going to sit down with you one-on-one and find money for you to save in that 30-minute call. And you're going to walk away with your save 10K in 30 days plan so that you know exactly what you're going to be working on in your first 30 days inside of Six Figure Saver. Again, this bonus is only available to those of you who join within the first 48 hours and have registered for the masterclass. So 100% go and register. The link will be in the show notes. I think that is all for my announcements. So without further ado, here's Maddie. Thank you for having me. So my name is Maddie Pashang. I am a brand photographer and brand coach based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I have been doing photography for about uh, 12 years and specifically brand photography for five. Um, And then in the last couple of years, really since the pandemic, I've gotten into coaching and kind of taken a bit of a windy road and ultimately landed where I am now, which is um, hosting my group program, Rebrand, a couple of times a year. (laughs) 
And that program is to teach photographers how to pivot into brand photography because there's such a need for it. And it's such a, it's such a fulfilling uh, niche for the right person. And it has excellent hours with photography. A lot of the time you're shooting nights, you're shooting weekends. It's a lot. It's really hard with the family and with brand photography, your hours are during the day, during the week. Um, it's a transition that has changed my life. So now I'm excited to teach other people how to do the same. That's so good. You're so right. There is such a need. Every time we go to look for a photographer in our area, it's always like, okay, we got to find a wedding photographer who then like can do. Right. But I'm like, we need more. I know we do. And I think, you know, it's like, it's like when you buy a white car and then you see that everybody else has a white car. Like, I think that when people start to get excited about brand photography, they see all the photographers offering brand photography, but really it is such an untapped niche. And as we move more and more into a gig economy, like that people need brand photographers because we have more and more small businesses. We have more and more people who maybe aren't a small business owner, but they need a personal brand presence. So it's such a need and it's I been mean, even so just fun. like LinkedIn. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Your selfie headshot from 2009 is not cutting it anymore. Like that's not the vibe. You're this headshot? Exactly. We're not doing it. <laughs> For everyone listening, I just crossed my arms and looked serious. If I was wearing a blazer, it would have been perfect. That, that would have been it. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember when I was in my nine to five, I started at the tail end of my career, starting to build a personal brand. I was a designer and I started posting a lot on LinkedIn. And I'm like, even people who aren't looking to like necessarily move or get out of their nine to fives are building personal brands around 100%. their thought leadership. And yeah, like to your point, the 2009 headshot, it's just like, it's got to go. It's got to go. Oh, so amazing. Okay. So tell us how you found me. How did we, how did our worlds cross? Yes. So I had a friend who had referred me to your friend, Ashley's program, Systems Over Stress. And then Ashley was on your podcast and I was listening to that. I'm sure she shared it on social media. Um, and so I was listening to this episode and at the time I, so gosh, this would have been, I had a thing in business in probably 2021, um, where I just had a drought and it was terrifying and it fired up so many limiting beliefs around money. So when I heard this podcast episode, I was really busy unpacking that um, against my will <laughs> and trying to like work through these these money things. Um, I have a really phenomenal phenomenal business coach. I've worked with her for a long time. So she was helping me with that, but she's also not a money coach. And so I was um, looking at other resources and she was giving me other resources. So I found this episode. And really ever since then, I have been a listener listener of the podcast. And I'm sure it, it would have been like last January when you did the Save 10K Challenge. And I did that and I crushed it because I am an Enneagram 3 who like needs a gold star. <laughs> and... I, you know, you share such great strategies on the podcast that I was kind of thinking, this is great. This is what I needed. I don't need anything else. Like I'm going to get this free content and move on with my life. Well, then a year goes by and I kind of found myself in the same place. I haven't experienced a business drought. Um, again, thank God, but I 
so resonated with what you say often about your savers, which is people will come to you and say, I make way too much money to feel this broke. And that's how I was feeling. I was like, where is all this (laughs) incredible money that I am making? I don't know where it goes. So I just wasn't making the best choices around money, but I was also like unpacking these limiting beliefs around money. And so I didn't want to identify my choices as like bad choices. It was very complicated up here. So um, when you did your last six-figure saver launch, I actually missed it. And then like the day after you were like, do you want to sneak in? And I was like, for the love of God, yes, let me into this program. I remember this. You DM me like, oh my gosh, wait. Me, me. It's funny because I had two people. I posted a random Instagram story like, hey, you want to sneak in the back door? I'm going to let you guys in. And like two people messaged me right away like, oh my God, I missed it. (laughs) So thirsty. Yeah. I was like, I had no chill. But I, one of my big goals for this year verbatim is be a big girl about my finances. And that just felt like a sign that I was like, okay, this is it. Like, it's not just the like buffer strategy that you teach. There's more to it than that. There's more thought work. There's more mindset stuff. There's more just like strategies on how to spend money in your business in a way that makes you ROI. That's what I was missing. And it's been so impactful and it's been like two months. It's just crazy. Yeah. So, okay. So you were avid podcast listener, got results from the podcast then came in. What has been the difference for you from just like being a podcast listener and consume, not just a consumer though, because you were like a podcast listener who then implemented Mm -hmm. That's a whole other level. What has been the difference between that and then actually being in Six Figure Saver? So I have become, through consuming the podcast, I became good at saving. That was like a good like muscle that I was continuing to work. And so I would kind of fall back on that. Like any time that I would utilize debt in my business or like anything, I was like, well, it's fine because I know how to save. And that's true. But also I was just making decisions about how to spend money in my business that like weren't going the way that I wanted them to. And I felt a little blind as to how to do that better. So I feel like that's the biggest um, thing that I have really learned in Six Figure Saver, like the program um, that's made a really big difference in the last couple of months is like just taking a beat to really think about the ROI of whatever I'm going to invest my money in. And also being more just thoughtful with my money. Like now I have a true practice around my money and around my budgeting. I honestly, when I saw, I don't know if the, if the module is actually called like setting a budget or if you use that word, maybe you do. I do not use that word. Okay. (laughs) That's what I thought. Whatever it's called. Spending plan. Spending plan. There's a, I think there's a training called a spending plan in the profitability module. Okay. Yes. And even even seeing that, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, this sounds like a lot of work. And it's been so helpful. Like, I it was absolutely when you talk about avoidance, that's what I was doing. I was just avoiding being a big girl, looking at my spending plan, having a spending plan, um, looking at where my money goes every month. I mean, I was the classic person who was like, I don't know where my money goes. It's like, look at your bank account, friend. Let's. <laughs> Well, here's the thing that I've said so many times too. I'm like, for the people who have like, I don't know where all my money goes. I'm like, you can answer that question, you know? Right. Like the yeah. data is available. We could sure find is. out. It sure is. Yeah. So that, I feel like that's been like the biggest transformation is I'm, I'm 
probably identify as a spender, especially in my business, because I have seen the results of good spending. But not everything is good spending. And you really do have to discern like one from the other. I didn't have the tools to do that. And now I do. I'm sorry. Can we just pause? (laughs) Not everything is good spending. Do you, listeners, do you hear that? I think spending is the sneaky skill on the back end. It's like they're they're two sides of the same coin, spending and saving. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that oftentimes when people see money coach, they think budgeting and they think cutting expenses. Yeah, totally. And there is a level of that that needs to be done, but only in service of good spending. I would rather you spend 10 times more but on high quality things totally versus just cut because as businesses when we do spend well we get an ROI but it's the spending on crap you don't need that's wasting your money i also love the the other like major light bulb moment has been future problem spending and i i was actually thinking about that this morning and going back through all of the big investments that I have made in my business that have not panned out the way that I wanted them to. And I could never put a finger on why, because like, like for example, I hired an OBM at one point. She was wonderful. It was a total waste of money because I didn't, I wasn't ready. Like that wasn't a current problem. And so like looking back now at decisions that I've made and things that I have spent money on that I kind of consider a waste or a lesson learned, it's because I was trying to solve a problem that didn't exist yet. And so that's a really big filter for me now is looking at what are my current problems and how can money solve those? For people who may be like, what? That sounds amazing. What is that? Go listen to the Future Problem Spending Podcast episode because there is one all about it. But it's 100% what you just said. Like, It's not that the OBM was bad. Mm-hmm. This has been my experience too. It's not like that coaching program sucked and it releases so much of that like blame. And instead it's like, oh, I just wasn't ready and I don't have to shame myself. I mean, like lesson learned that sucks that I maybe wasted some money, but I don't have to shame myself for picking wrong and I don't have to shame them for being a bad service provider or whatever. It's just like, oh, I just need to learn how to spend money well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So, so good. Okay. Maddie, can we share how much you've saved in yeah, two months? Yeah, because I'm so proud of it. I tell everyone. <laughs> oh, it's so exciting. Okay. So since December, you've saved $26,109.59. That's – how do you feel about that? I'm so proud of it. And the thing that is crazy to me about that number is that December is always one of my slowest months in business. And I do that on purpose. My kids are home. It's like a whole thing. So I just don't really work. And January, January is usually quite good, but I don't do a launch of my group program, which is like my truly scalable offer. I'm doing that right now. So like I've saved $26,000 without any huge influxes of cash. Like that's just kind of been a normal couple of months and I've saved $26,000. And I gave myself a huge raise. That really? I, I, yes. That we should talk about this too. Tell me. <laughs> that was another thing. That was probably why my husband was so excited that I signed up for this program because again, I'm making all of this money in my business and I'm paying myself like poverty wages. I've always done that. And it's because I'm terrified. You know, I want like that, that buffer, I guess, or I don't know. And so it's just been easier for me to pay myself next to nothing. 
And once I came into the program and did the first few exercises and did a spending plan and all of this, I was like, wait, I can just, this sounds so stupid. I can just plan for the wages that I want to make and work that into what I spend, just like I would pay my VA, just like I would pay my assistants, just like. (laughs) And so I (laughs) gave myself a, I think I almost doubled my salary and that, and then I'm like saving all this money. That has been so life-giving because we just have more flexibility than in our personal accounts. Um, We always had a backup plan. I like, I would always just transfer money if we ran out. Uh, at the end of a pay period, but I would feel so guilty about it. And then it was like a thing between me and my husband where he was like, you need to pay yourself more. I'm like, no, don't touch my business money. You know, it was just like this point of contention that really didn't need to be there if I was more aware of where my money was going. And now I am. And so I, I'm making more money too. It's wild. Okay. I have a couple things to say about this because <laughs> this is incredible. Number one, the whole like, Happy spouse. <laughs> I we love a happy spouse. We love a happy spouse. <laughs> I I wonder if you've get, gotten this question from your spouse or from other friends rather. I get the question, how much do you tell your husband about your spending in mm, your business? Yeah. And mm-hmm. like do you co-make those decisions? Like I just spent $25,000 on a big investment and I did not tell my husband beforehand. I don't yeah. tell my husband about any of my business expenses. Not because I'm hiding, like if he asks I'll tell him for sure. But right. But because I pay myself a fat living wage, and right. that is our money to discuss together. My owner's pay, we budget together. We make decisions about, just like his salary, we make decisions about together. My business, I don't feel the need to bring him in and loop him in because our home is secure. Yep. Right? Like the I'm home life the is exact secure. Same. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I I get a lot of people who are like constantly looping in their spouse because they're not doing that. They're not giving themselves the owner's pay. So then their spouse feels like insecure and wanting to have more of a say in the business. So that's number one. And then number two, you just said planning to pay yourself like you plan to pay your VA. Yeah. (laughs) I remember when I told this to one of my good friends and clients the first time, she was like, Gina, I pay myself, but then I always have to put money back. And then, and then she's like, and I always like, I hit my sales goals, but I always have to put the money back. And I'm like, what's your sales goal? And she tells me and, she, and I say, well, why is that your goal? She goes, because it covers my business expenses. And I told her, is your owner's pay a part of your business expenses? And she goes, no. And I'm like, that's why you can't afford your owner's pay because your sales goal is based off of your business expenses, but not your owner's pay included. Yep. That's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. my I was not considering my owner's pay as a business ex- expense. I was yes. spending thousands of dollars on other incredible contractors and people, but not me. I'm the CEO. Why am I not getting the business an awesome doesn't salary? Exist. The business doesn't exist without you're literally the most important yeah. team member in your business. Yeah. And I think that there is too, um, like especially in the online world, especially in like female dominated industries. I think women are socialized to put ourselves last, put ourselves last in our families, put ourselves last after our kids, put ourselves like always. And I think that this is just another way we put ourselves last. I completely agree. Yeah. It's like we're being the martyr of our business and, and in turn in our life, because like me not paying myself enough 
was crappy in my business and it was also affecting my life. It was also affecting my relationship and and how I felt about what I was bringing to the table in like my, my partnership and my marriage. And like, I just, it was just crappy. It just didn't feel good. And now it feels so good. Like now I'm so proud of the salary that I make and I have plans to raise it again. Like I, I am very happy with where it's at now because it is such an improvement, but I've got room to grow a hundred percent and I'm going to do it. I mean, I just think fundamentally your owner's pay should grow with your business. And as long as your business keeps growing, your owner's pay should keep growing. Mm -hmm. Like period. I I know some people who make a strategic decision to lower their owner's pay Mm -hmm. when they're in a growth period and their business needs more cash. But so like there's there's room for strategic decision making too. Yeah. But I've also seen too many like seven figure businesses paying themselves 60K a year. And I'm like, what no. Yeah. What is going on? No. Yeah. Totally. Totally. We need to move on. We need to like otherwise, why are you doing all this work to build That's, such a big business? You're gonna yes. burn out because you're gonna get resentful of your business and how much work it takes and how little you earn. I think that that was the path that I was on. I was becoming resentful of like saying things like, I have a multi six figure business, but I'm making forty-five thousand dollars a year. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so real. And I think that this is more the norm, unfortunately, than we see on social media and in, you know, public facing mm-hmm. conversations. Which is why I think it's so important to just talk about it openly. Because otherwise, yeah, like otherwise we have our silent shame that we don't know everyone else yeah. is doing too. What was I heard I there there was a quote from someone. Shame dies. Uh, I don't oh, remember. yes, I know. I but I know what you're talking about. I feel like I've recently seen this too. Like when you have the space to talk about it, when you have the space to discuss. Yeah, what is that? That's a good one. Shame <laughs> dies when stories are told in safe spaces. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. This is something that I mean. I think. I think if you are a coach, this is probably something that you deal with in some capacity with your clients. Like especially if you're in the business space at all. I think. I work with majority women and there is such shame even just around discussing money, yeah. let alone working with it strategically and using debt strategically, you know? And so I'm just so thankful that you're having these conversations because I think back to I, I like I said I think it was 2021 when I experienced that business drought and like the the shame and the guilt that I felt around having a month where like I wasn't able to pay, like I had this successful quote unquote business, but I wasn't able to pay myself. And I had a a loan that I needed to pay off and all these things. And now the way that I look at my finances is so different. Like I have debt, but I'm proud of the way that I'm using it. I It's so smart. The way that I'm using mm. it is so smart and it's helping the business. And I have a plan for getting rid of it. And I've I'm confident in that plan. Like everything has changed. That's amazing. I have a, a final question for you before I let you go. I think this would be really interesting. After like having gone through what you've gone through with your money, if you were to experience another client drought now, how would you mm. handle it differently? I would spend less time feeling sorry about it and placing blame on other people and spend more time getting into 
money-making activity. When you experience like a, a client drought or just like a rough season in business, I think it's so easy to get really into your head about it. And I'm not saying don't take the time that you need to like feel bad for yourself for a second. Sometimes that can be very healing. Totally. But it's also not productive. Like if you want to move through that feeling and get to the point where you're making money again and uh, working with clients again and all of that, then you do have to start taking action. And I eventually did, but it took longer. It took more of a pity party and also panic because I didn't have the money systems that I do now. And so I think if that were to happen now, I wouldn't feel such like dire panic because of the systems that I have in place and the savings account that I have and all those things. And I know what I need to do to get through a drought. I need to make more connections. I need to market. I need to email past client. Like I, I know exactly what to do. Yeah. I was actually, I wish I would have like written this down, but I was on a call, a coaching call with you and you were coaching someone through something similar, like just kind of being in a place where they like needed to make sales to hit like a December goal or something along those lines. and. I was absolutely in a place where I was like, whatever, it's December. I'm not in a launch. Like, I'm, I'm just going to ride this out. And I got off that call and I was like, no, F this. Like, I can make money. And I got off that call and signed a client. Like, so much of it is just like taking action. And you can't take action if you're like, this sucks. <laughs> totally. And to your point, yeah, like, sometimes we need our little pity party. Totally. Totally. I think actually panic is such an important um, emotion because panic – when you have financial panic, it puts you into fight or flight. Yeah. And it's so hard physiologically, like your body is coursing with, is it cortisol? What is, I don't know. Yeah, I think it is cortisol. I think it might be cortisol. Your body is coursing with fight or flight instinct. And um, it's nearly impossible to turn on your creative problem solving when right. you're doing that. And so then we have to take the time to bring you down off mm -hmm. of that before we can even access creativity and then do money-making activities. Mm -hmm. And so as, as much as that's, we can do that, right? There is a way to bring you down off of panic. As much as that's true, it's also just so much easier when you have a savings account that's full yeah. so that you never have to go into that to begin with. Totally. Totally. It just makes it the process faster. Because mm -hmm. I mean, client droughts are going to happen mm -hmm. no matter how good you are, right? And it's like not... It has nothing to do with you being a bad business owner. It's just mm -mm. seasonality. Yep. So we have to deal with it as much as it sucks. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, Maddie. Well, thank you so much. This conversation was so good. I know that people are going to find it so helpful. Where can people find you, your coaching business? And do you still do photography? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I Where still can do people photography. Find you? So I spend way too much time on Instagram. That's probably the best place to find me, at Maddie Pashang. My website is maddiepashang.com, um, and that is where everything lives for my website, my coaching program, all of that good stuff. Amazing. Well, we will link it all in the show notes if you guys want to go find Maddie. Do you travel for brand photography, or do you are you mostly local? I do. I don't talk about it a ton, but I love to travel for brand photography. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to book Maddie, she can come to you. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. 